谢谢来听萝卜糕，我叫萝卜特。This week we are reading *The Case of the Disposal* by Bob Selcross from *Deep Overstock* issue 12, *Mysteries*. Now this is perhaps the strangest of the Selcross stories. This comes from the collection of short stories that Selcross based on Sherlock Holmes, which he calls *The Adventures of the Great Boy Detective*. Here we have the great boy detective and his sidekick. Investigating a broken garbage disposal. A garbage disposal is the thing in some sinks that allows you to push bits of uneaten food down the sink. It makes a lot of noise and is always really dangerous. Well, in this strange mystery, our two detectives find that this town's older people are having some problems with their medications. It seems they are getting the wrong medications, and this is causing them all to behave strangely. In addition to strange behavior in older adults, it seems that everyone's appliances are behaving strangely as well. Coffee pots aren't working right, washing machines are leaking, and radiators are missing. This makes things especially complicated because in this world, the old people are the appliances. Now, here's the case of the disposal by Bob Selcross. I was awoken in the morning by the great boy detective banging on the corrugated garage cover. I called my front door. I put on my hat and rolled the door up to the ceiling.、Uh, what time is it? I said. He handed me a vanilla ice cream. We've got to arrive early, he said. Arrive where? I said. He stood over the circus poster on the table, eating his own vanilla ice cream. The crux of this case. You found the woman. I said, "He gave he gave no indication he'd heard me. The circus will come tomorrow," he said. Whether we like it or not, the circus ah, the circus can't take everything away," I said. When he stood next to things, it was really clear he was only a boy, and I remembered then that he was too young to have ever seen the circus. I shut and locked my garage, and we set out for our next link in the chain. We arrived at a blue-gabled house with two stories and stepped up the few concrete steps to the door. This time, I rang the doorbell. Waiting, I realized I needed something to smooth out the lingering vanilla of the ice cream. I tapped the great boy detective's shoulder with the back of my fingers. He checked his pockets, front, back, shirt. Finally, from his jacket, he gave me a caramel. I untwisted the plastic and popped the caramel in my mouth. The great boy detective was always good for a caramel. When the man opened the door, he looked at us both. He wore a sweater over his shirt, and his face was pink, like he got easily frustrated. "Who are you?" he said. "We are your detectives," said the great boy detective. I smiled. The caramel glued to the back of my teeth. The man looked up the street, then down the street, then dragged us inside and shut his door. "I have a problem with the disposal unit," he said. "I can't explain it." He led us to the kitchen, where every surface was stacked with dishes, pots and pans, and puddles of food, which looked already digested and spit up, scattered all over the floor. "Watch," he said. He took a plate with some residual red sauce and scraped it into the sink with a knife. 
Then he opened the faucet and flipped on the switch. He promptly turned off both again, but what had already drained in shot forcefully back up. But what had already drained in shot forcefully back up like a small geyser. Whore! Cocksucker! followed a voice. I felt as if I were buried alive. The great boy detective, however, treated it calmly. May I take a look under the sink, he said. The color in the man's face drained and settled about his neck. He pushed his eyes with his thumb and forefinger. I'm ashamed, he said. It's embarrassing for me. The great boy detective opened the cupboards, and the man and I stooped down to watch. Behind bottles of cleanser, a plunger, and gloves, there was the trunk of a man, arms, torso, visible up to the edge of his neck. And the trunk, of course, was attached to legs, one leg extended awkwardly out, while the other remained tucked, so the upper half arranged, crooked. I tried to get a better look, but still the mouth remained hidden. I saw only the Adam's apple, which was faintly bulged and purple. It's very clear, said the great boy detective, emerging. Do you keep antacids nearby? Of course, said the man. He opened a drawer and stepped away to leave the boy at it. Rifling through, the great boy detective produced a near half-roll of candy-flavored antacids and popped a few in his mouth. After a moment... Chewing, the great boy detective blew a sizable pink bubble. The man looked utterly shocked. These aren't a prescription, I take it, said the great boy detective, rifling through the drawer a second time. No, said the man, but the pharmacist always recommends them. Uh, I would never. You have to trust me. I... But the great boy detective remained unconcerned. Finally, he retrieved a near-empty roll of mint candy antacids from the drawer and examined them closely. He pinched one, but the coating remained steadily intact. Came the bitch, whore, cock, came the voice from under the sink. The great boy detective removed the penultimate tablet and dropped it in the hole of the sink. A few moments later, he flicked on the sink. He took up the same plate of red sauce and pushed a few knife worths into the sink. When he turned off the water, there was at first a large gurgle, a few coughs, but no words, no profanity. Throw all the rest out said the great boy detective, indicating the drawer full of antacid foils. You have only this one left. He handed him the final tablet, the foil scrap jutting out like a tail. My associate and I will go and speak to the pharmacist. The man took the great boy detective's hands in his own and bowed his head low. I'm so ashamed, he said. So ashamed. We saw ourselves out. This time we went to the boardwalk. The ocean was black except for red dappling light in the waves. The boardwalk had boats, but it also had a carnival. People didn't like to come to it, and it was usually dead. Tonight, however, there were six people riding the spinning swing set. Its red and white lights tickled the ocean. We walked with cotton candy. Mine was pink, and the great boy detective's was blue. He gobbled his heartily, but I could only pick at mine. She could be dead now, I said. Who's that? His lips, tongue, and teeth were all stained blue. The missing woman. He held a hand over one eye and said, Arr! The sugar had hit him. This is serious, I said. Someone's sister is in line for being killed and the circus begins in less than 24 hours. We're not one step closer than we were yesterday. He spun around and pointed at my feet. Not one step closer, he said. If you do, you'll end the whole mystery.
So much had been taken away from him. He stood as if he were about to play hopscotch. But then I saw it, in the distance behind him, the same balloons, the same as before. The balloon salesman was riding the Ferris wheel, going up and up and up. We ran, said the great boy detective, catching his breath. I want a balloon. The balloon salesman was nearing the apex of the Ferris wheel. I had enough money for every balloon. Just you wait. I said, wheel, wheel. But as the balloons rounded over the top, the balloon man and his balloons lifted into the sky. The balloons brightened in moonlight and the man drifted over the sea. We watched him become smaller in the distance until, like the day, a star finally blinks out. He vanished. The great boy detective's watch began beeping. Don't worry about it, he said. I'll see you tomorrow. I stood alone on the boardwalk and listened to the waves and the calliope music. This time, there was no crumpled-up poster rolling around in the dark, but I did not dare look in the sky. I felt as if a constellation were boring its eyes into me. That's it for today. Come back next episode, Noah and his Ark from the Holy Bible. Want more Lobogao? Follow on Spotify, review on Quizlet, and email at robertsenglishpodcast at gmail.com.